0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to the next episode of Peace, where we are going to move from internal peace and begin talking about external peace, or one could conceptually call political or social peace. It pertains to things outside of the self and is a concept that is most often talked about when someone says peace. We're going to look at this through some media, some specific lenses as talking points and discussion starters. And this episode will center in on Marvel's Age of Ultron as our case example. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcast, Episode 2 on External Peace. Hello, and welcome to Peace, Episode 2, the part of external peace, or political and social peace. I've chosen to analyze this topic through some media to generate some relatable characters and conflict points in order to prove broader discussion points as a whole Um, i could talk about specifically philosophical terms and political philosophy in in general but i don't think it'll be as engaging as if i do it through media so i've chosen two specific media probably one will hit most of you and the other will hit the rest of you Um, but today we're going to look at marvel's age of ultron i really like the movie in general But one of the reasons this is very apt for talking about peace is it is the antagonist's view of peace that directly challenges and motivates the main protagonists to action. So it it spurs discussions about peace and about the fate of of humanity itself and political realities. Um, That is a centerpiece of the entire conflict and the entire plot itself. So a lot of the characters will be driven to engage with that topic. And so it can spur some very interesting conversations. But the key players, I think, that are worthwhile um, when analyzing Marvel's Age of Ultron is Tony Stark, Ultron and Vision. In a sense, there is a three generation uh, layer of how we handle the problems of the world through each of these characters. Tony Stark being the progenitor of Ultron, being the progenitor of Vision. And each of them handling the, the fate of the world and the imminent threats that face it in different ways. And the film ultimately wants us to, to embrace Vision and Tony Stark's eventual reconciliation and, and philosophy while rejecting Ultron's, but not outright. Um, Vision is sort of a synthesis of the two. But this is at least at the beginning of the film the set piece for what is going to happen in the rest. Tony Stark sees a problem based on the previous films and his interaction with the outside world, the external realities of alien life and the threats thereof. And it motivates him to want to do something about it because he sees both himself and the rest of humanity at threat to whatever it is that's out there. In this sense, Tony and Ultron have different conceptions of what peace on earth looks like. And the film wants the viewer to relate with Tony, but see the flaws in his beginning ideas of peace through Ultron and his ideas of peace. And that growth is technically Tony's arc in this movie. He starts out with trying to convince Bruce, um, the Hulk, that peace in our time is attainable um, through some... I don't want to spoil the movie, but it's it's broad themes here. There's possible peace in our time if we have the right sort of technology leveraged to protect people. And the specific technology will take away um, people's freedoms in some sense. This is echoes of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. But it's a broader echo of conversations about political peace in all of political philosophy. There is almost a tension not a contrary relationship, but a tension between freedom and security. The way that Tony realizes this and and sees the image in his mind of peace is a suit of armor around the world. Um, these are very profound and very deep statements and phrases he lays out at the beginning of the film. Peace in our time and a suit of armor around the world. The way that Tony wants to respond to imminent threats to the very vastness and danger of reality is to build a protection that no one can get through. He wants to isolate and, and preserve what is good about humanity as it is. And not let anything affect it. Not let anything harm it. And this become very important towards the antagonism of Ultron and the synthesis of vision. But the already the broad discussion of peace has unfurled in this movie there are threats in the world. There are threats we don't even know about. And that's true of of reality as a whole, not just in Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is why it's a relatable film. This is why it's a good film. It is grappling with the kinds of issues we will face in our lifetime, that we will face as humans. There are threats that we don't know about. There are threats that you don't know about that are unique to your experience. And you're gonna have to face them sometime, What Tony Stark at the beginning, at least, in his his less refined view of peace, the response he puts forward is you need to be so ready that nothing can get to you. That suit of armor around the world is the answer. It has to be. The rest of the film unfurls once Ultron is actually built. What Tony is talking about this suit of armor they're building is Ultron. It's a project him and Bruce have been conceiving of for a while. But when it works and Ultron gains sentience and he starts speaking to Tony and Bruce and the Avengers, um, the first things he, he begins to rattle off and say is, you want to protect the world, but you don't want it to change. How can humanity be saved if it's not allowed to evolve? There is only one path to peace the Avengers extinction. So this is very contextual in his rhetorical message, but the themes that he's drawing on are very seeped in political philosophy. Same with Tony Stark, how he has an answer to imminent threats and danger of reality. Um, Ultron has an idea of what we do about this. His is directly antagonistic to Tony Stark who wants to preserve, protect and, and keep from harm humanity, and primarily himself. Just leave us alone. What Ultron wants is humanity to, quote, evolve. Now, this doesn't get realized because his plan doesn't work, and he has much grander visions than just what he does in this movie. But the issue being, from his perspective, humanity cannot stay the same if it wants to be safe and it wants to have peace. There is something antagonistic and directly contrary to the way that humanity is at the moment that has to be addressed. And the Avengers specifically in this film are not letting that happen. His formula for achieving this peace then is to remove those that have the power to keep things as they are. Those who do not have limitations on what they do with their will and their power. That is what needs to happen in order for humanity to evolve in Ultron's conception of peace. And he should be the one to to facilitate this peace because he's not afraid of that change. He's not afraid to use human capability and freedom to achieve peace and ultimately get to what he thinks is best. But you can see the direct conflict going on already with our villain and our heroes. One of them has an idea of what needs to happen in order for people to to be safe and for the dangers of reality to be handled correctly. And the other has a, a vastly different and contrary position on that. And that's what's driving the conflict in the film. If we can extrapolate out Ultron's answer to danger into our experience, what he's getting at is you need to be able to handle and adapt to whatever it is that is threatening you. Even if that means letting things go that are important to you. Now, it's important that we do this sort of reflection and discussion because at base, both Ultron and Tony Stark are correct. If you were to take those general extracted wisdoms and apply them to your life, both will get you amazing results. Both will lead you in good directions. You need to preserve what is good about yourself. You shouldn't let things harm and taint what is productive, empathetic, and good about who you are and what you're doing. And similarly and simultaneously, you should be able to adapt to the realities that you face and let go of those things that are keeping you from being good, from being the way you should be. But in regards to a specific problem, a specific manifestation of a trial in your life, it's often hard to do both. Often it's impossible to do both you either have to give something up or you have to preserve it. As general wisdoms, both are correct, but in terms of actual problem solving, there is conflict. And that is why this film is directly related to all of our experiences, and why it's worthwhile to think about. Extrapolating even more and stepping back into political realities, you can easily see how these two principles relate to the political world. Preservation and innovation, this is the basic conservative liberal divide. If we're going to apply these analogies to the film, Tony Stark is a conservative and Ultron is a liberal in the sense that one wants to just preserve and protect what they have. while the other wants to let go of what they have to get what they could have to change, to evolve, to push boundaries, break boxes. So this can be applied to a political landscape. This can be applied to any sort of political problem. Should we keep things the way they are because they are good as they are and not let anything change them? Or should we let go of some things that might in fact be good for something that could be better? Can improvement occur here? So how does the rest of the film undergo this tension? What actually comes out of it? One of the basic products of this movie in terms of this discussion is a new character in the discussion. If we're looking at the film as a political discourse between actors, between speakers and thinkers, it starts with Tony and Ultron as they begin the conversation. And then vision enters in through Ultron's actions in the film. But he ultimately poses as the, the synthesis of both Tony Stark and Ultron. That is going to be what the film says we should take away from it as viewers. We should pay attention to what vision is about and what he thinks. But this doesn't compromise the entire discussion. Him being a synthesis, a combining of the two, doesn't mean that we should abandon the one or the other or that the discussion itself is flawed. And that's why I think the film handles so well is bringing in a synthesis of ideas needs to pay respect to and acknowledge where that synthesis comes from. Um, that through line of, is peace security at the expense of freedom or freedom at the expense of security isn't rejected. It is simply shifted. With that, the political philosophy going on here, it's been going on since the time of the Greek philosophers and I guarantee beforehand. But the some of the more popular writings and philosophy that talk about these sorts of things, they go all the way back to the Greeks. Do we essentially uh, prioritize promoting lifestyles that are good, or prioritize protection protection of individuals to choose for them what is good? This discussion directly led to the foundational thoughts and philosophies that made America the way it is. These ideas have importance, it's not just correlations with reality. They are, they are so bedrock and tied to reality that we swim through them and don't even recognize we're in them as a medium. Um, John Locke and some of the philosophers that were drawn on by the, f- the framers of the United States Constitution, they were very much concerned with protecting individuals to choose what is good, very much concerned with rights and duties a state affords to its citizens more so than the state's priority to actually promote and enforce what is good and so these sorts of realities uh, need to be thought about and the and the medium and films that we watch are endorsing one view or the other it's never it's never enough to just take something as it is always look deeper and see what sort of stories what sort of conversations, it is contributing underneath. The great discussion as political philosophy and philosophy in general um, describes it is all the thoughts of the people who've come before you and all of the thoughts that are going to come after you. Where do you fit in that? And where does the media you engage in fit in that? Being aware of these things is only going to make you a more self aware, a more articulate person. Tying this all back to Vision's entrance into the discussion. How Vision enters into the discussion is very much to force. It's not another character they just encounter in the story and then he gets roped into the drama. He is another generation, if you will, of beings made through the actions of Tony Stark. Ultron creates Vision. Um, But through the film, he gets... Completely different agency than Ultron intended and ends up joining the heroes. But some of the things that he, some of the lines he has in the film that contribute greatly to this discussion itself are very poignant, ethereal almost, and frustratingly, frustratingly ambiguous at times. But there's hints of truth that can be uncovered here. One of the things he says at the very end of the movie is in the last conversation with Ultron um, that any of the heroes have. It's when Ultron has been defeated and there are just remnants of him strewn about in the battlefield. Vision finds the last of such robots and he talks to him. Vision says humans are odd. They think order and chaos are somehow opposites and try to control what won't be. Think about that line for a second. Humans think that order and chaos are somehow opposites and try to control what won't be. There's so many ways you can take that so many things that he could be saying here, but the next line is telling, I think for his intent in saying and pointing out this, this characterization of humans, he follows this up by saying, but there is grace in their failings I think you have missed that, addressed to Ultron. Why does does he bring up grace and failures of humanity in relation to why we think order and chaos are opposites and why we're trying to control won't be? This relates again to directly to what Tony Stark said at the very beginning, his original uh, vision, if you will, for creating Ultron. He wanted peace in our time to put a suit of armor on the world. That relates to the control won't be portion, but what about the order and chaos? What is it that Tony was trying to control? It was the fate of humanity. He was trying to control how protected people can be, how he could be. But order and chaos are the direct yin and yang, it seems, of this conflict. When you talk about security and freedom, there is is a colloquial, association with order and chaos to each side order is seen as the side of conservatism, of of security of protection because you can control things order is about expectations being met something is ordered when it is where it's supposed to be in that sense tony could have his vision realized he could have the outcome where nothing can harm humanity that isn't supposed to be there it's undesirable Chaos is typically associated with freedom. It's typically associated with potential and multitude of different outcomes, uh, not yet in reality. Chaos is uncontrollable. Chaos is something that is undesirable, almost. That having related to freedom is kind of what Captain America is all about. But in this tension, it's what Ultron wants. There needs to be some chaos. There needs to be a a disturbance in the way humans live if they can adapt to the needs that reality is facing before them. That chaos needs to disrupt the expectations that Tony Stark has, that the Avengers have, that humanity has. What Vision is saying here is then very profound as it relates to the bottom layer of the discussion of what the film and the characters are doing, the next layer of What should politics reflect in terms of security and freedom? And then the ultimate one, the ultimate layer of how should each individual orient themselves in relation to the problem of the danger and imminent threat of reality? They think order and chaos are somehow opposites. What would it be, what would it mean for expectations and potential to harmonize? What would it mean for us to be secure enough that we are not self-destructive and not destructive of those around us, and yet there's enough chaos to allow change that is needed for tomorrow to be better than today? How is that somehow opposite? Why is that somehow full of tension? Perhaps then what Ephesians is saying is true Perhaps then our politics can equally be harmonized. Perhaps equally then, conservatism and liberalism are not opposites, but can actually be in harmony together. That there is a truth, as we said at the very beginning, to both sides. Some things you need to preserve and some things you need to let go. And this, I think, is why he follows up by saying, but there is grace in their failings. There is grace in the failings of humanity to navigate that harmony. We, we go down one rabbit trail of conservatism or liberalism too much. We overcommit and in doing so we're pursuing something good. We have good intentions. We have something about our pursuit that is correct, but it is through our overstep. It is through our willful blindness, perhaps sometimes. Or dogmatic devotion to what we are set with that lets our failings show us what's wrong with what we've done and point us back to what we were originally pursuing sometimes or never let go of. There's a grace in that, it seems, from vision's perspective, that it's worthwhile despite the failings. I think that's what the word choice of grace is trying to communicate here is it's not in vain. It's not for nothing. And in addressing Ultron, he says, I think you've missed that. Ultron responds by saying, they're doomed. He says it almost almost in a melancholic tone. He's being matter-of-fact. He's getting to the point. He's not trying to, to muse about this and, and find some some philosophically rich conclusion. He's concerned about reality. He's concerned about outcomes. And he's trying to pull vision down back into that that level of analysis. And vision replies, yes, but a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. It's a privilege to be among them. That's a very interesting line to end with. But the middle is is richly profound. A, A thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. There's something to say about the exact opposite. There's something to say about eternality that is somehow transcendent and somehow incomparable to temporal realities. As a Christian, I think I have to accept that. And as fellow Christians, we also need to accept that. The temporal cannot cannot nearly amount to the eternal. But what he's getting at, I don't think it's fair to say that's what he's talking about. I think it's more fair to say that what he's describing is humanity doesn't need to exist forever for it to be worthwhile, or it doesn't have to be, humanity doesn't have to exist as long as it possibly can for it to be justified to exist at all. This is striking right at the heart of every hero story. Why is it that we're trying to save humanity? Because there's some inherent good that humanity needs saving, that it needs to not be extinguished, to be fleshed out. And what Vision is getting at here is, Ultron, you're focusing too much on on the fact that humanity needs to stick around. You're focusing too much on the fact that something will be lost. And you're not focusing enough on what its significance was along the way. Has it been justified enough as it is? And I think that is why he ends with, it's a privilege to be among them because vision sees that the journey and the experience with and among people, it is that experience overall that makes something beautiful or it makes something worthwhile. It's not how long it lasts. It's not how how many dangers humanity can persist through. If it doesn't persist through to a good outcome for humanity as a whole, then the, the persistence is not itself a good thing. It's not inherent good. And that seems to be the synthesis that the film is trying to give us of, of this classic tension between security and freedom of what peace looks like politically. He seems to be willing to give up security. If the concession is made that humanity's story, if you will, is beautiful worthwhile in a sense security does not have to be an ultimate good nor does freedom if that balance and that harmony of the two actually produces a worthwhile result the synthesis and the answer to the security freedom tension is not to double down on one at the neglect of the other but is a balance and it's indeed a balance that requires us to be thoughtful of the experience and the means and the journey along the way, the life being lived more so than the outcome, the persistence or the freedom of of humanity. How does that relate to politics? A lot of political issues require this balance. If you take abortion, if you take gun control, if you take immigration, Each of these has a security freedom tension involved in them. Abortion, the security is how many lives are lost. The freedom is who gets to decide those lives. Perhaps there's a balance. With gun control, there's security. How many people will die from guns? The freedom, how many people will be able to have guns? Perhaps there's a balance. With immigration, How many people will be harmed because we allowed someone to immigrate into whatever country we are in? What about the security measures involved? The freedom issue, why can't they immigrate in at all? What rights do we have above them? Is their freedom substantially different from us? Perhaps there's a balance. Thank you all for listening.